What's up, Hyperfast Nation? On this episode of the show, we've got an amazing guest. She overcame a major accident, uh, had less than a 1% chance to walk again, had you know other issues she had to deal with because of that, has persevered, gone on to become a best-selling author, uh, top coach. She's been on multiple TV shows and news shows to tell her story. Welcome today, Amberly Lago. Welcome to the show today, Amberly. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm grateful to be here with you. Yeah, all the way from sunny California. So we got both coast of the of the U.S. covered today. I know. And, you know, usually we get out to Florida at least once a year. And I haven't I have not been back to Florida um, since my book published three years ago. So this is the longest I've been without visiting Florida. I can't, I, and I'm going next month. So maybe I'll get to see you in person. Yeah, we, no, we were just, just talking about that. I'm sure we'll dive into that and just some of the, the great stuff you've got. Before we do, why don't you give people a, a quick background on who you are and what you are doing right now? Uh, well, I am a former sponsored Nike athlete, fitness trainer and coach. And now I do speaking. After I wrote my book, I started doing more speaking. I have a podcast called True Grit and Grace. And it's really just my passion and my mission to inspire others to never give up, to hold on to hope and to let them know that they can have the life they've always imagined, even if circumstances have narrowed their possibilities. And how are, how are you using like specifically, like what about your story really, you know, helps people to do that or, or, or motivates them or, or serves as the example? Well, you know, I, I, I've learned a lot about resilience over the past 10 years, especially because 10 years ago I was hit by an SUV. I mean, I was at the top of my career and I thought things are finally, things are good. You know, I'm living the California dream. I'm, you know, my, I've got two healthy kids after two failed marriages. I finally have the man of my dreams and everything changed in the blink of an eye. When I was hit by an SUV, I was coming home from work on my motorcycle and an SUV shot out of a parking lot. And, you know, laying in the middle of the street, I looked down at my leg and although it was crushed and crumbled into pieces and there was blood everywhere. I didn't really at that time understand just how drastically it would change the course of my life. And I was rushed to the hospital. And when I woke up from, you know, I was put in induced coma. And when I woke up, they said, you've got a 1% chance of saving your leg. So we're just going to go ahead and amputate it. And my whole life, I mean, I'd moved to California to be a professional dancer, um, been in the fitness industry for 20, almost 24 years. And 
running was my drug of choice. That was what I did for therapy. That's what I did to feel good. And it was like my life flashed before my eyes. And I thought, how, what you're going to take my leg. And then I thought, well, 1% chance. Well, then there's still a chance. We've got to find a doctor that's willing to take that chance. And that was my glimmer of hope that I really held on to that got me through 34 surgeries months in the hospital and just thousands of hours of physical therapy. It took a lot of grit and by the grace of God, they saved my leg, but that's when the real recovery began because I was diagnosed with a nerve disease that leaves me in constant chronic pain. And I was told, you know, you're going to be wheelchair bound. Um, you know, here being an athlete and a dancer my whole life, I learned to push through pain and that your hard work pays off and just to keep showing up. And as much as I tried to keep moving forward, I was in so much pain. And when I went into this one doctor, he's like, yeah, well, you've got something really serious. You've got a nerve disease and there's no known cure for this. You need this, to go this was get your- separate from the, the accident, right? Other yeah, this is related issue or. It was caused by the accident. So I, the accident. Okay. Mm -hmm, I thought things were just going to get better. And when things weren't getting any better, I mean, that's when they're, they did all these tests and this doctor told me you've got this nerve disease. And so I did not want to believe him. I went to another doctor and they're like, yep, you have it. And I'm like, that cannot be me. That cannot be my life. I am not going to spend the rest of my life laying in a bed and, and not being able to run or work out and not be able to work. And so I went to a third doctor. The third doctor was like, yes, you definitely have this nerve disease. And it was at that point, I thought, wow, I've got to really come to terms with what's going on here. And I think that's really the first part in any, whether you're recovering or any transformation is really taking a good hard look at your life and being in acceptance for where you are, because that is when you can start to take action steps to make your life better. And I'm not saying that was easy. That was really hard for four years. I struggled with that and I was in denial and I was doing everything else except for looking in the mirror at what I was doing that wasn't right. I was you know, I had started trying to do some things to cope with pain that weren't necessarily the healthiest things, but it was when I really started, you know, um, a gratitude practice, um, doing daily habits that were moving the needle in my health and on my business that I started to see a change. And so I was inspired to start sharing my story once I started climbing out of that dark space that I was in, because I thought, I don't want anyone to ever feel as low as I felt. I mean, I was really at the point where I didn't want to live anymore. Um, I thought I can't live with this pain. Um, I lost my career. I lost my confidence because I went from being this fitness model and doing infomercials. And I was on the, you know, label of vitamins and, and all kinds of like protein shakes and all you would walk in any Rite Aid or CVS and you'd see a picture of me. I was in shape magazine and health and now to be deformed and scarred. I, I didn't realize my, my self-worth was so caught up in what I could provide and the way that I looked that I really had to start from scratch and realize that, you know, it's not about exactly, you know, what you look like and maybe how 
much money you make or how much you provide or what you do. It's who you are and how you treat other people. And for me, it's, it's um, who I am as a mom and who I am as a wife and a friend. And so it took a lot of grit and it took a lot of um, self-development work and therapy and not just physical therapy, but going to a psychologist and a therapist and all kinds of work. But over these past years, I've really developed um, some tools and a skill set that I tap into every day. And it's my passion to share that with others so that they, you know, we all have resilience, but it's being able to really tap into that so we can move forward. And, you know, somebody listening today might be going, oh, well, I didn't have a horrible accident or, you know, I didn't, I don't live with chronic pain, but, you know, we all have pain of some sort, especially in this past year with COVID and businesses changes um, changing. And there are a lot of people that, that lost their jobs or maybe they're losing their house. I mean, at this time, um, you know, I completely lost my career. We had a lien on our house. Um, times were tough. And I think a lot of people are going through tough times and it's really through, um, being able to reinvent yourself starting to have that belief in yourself in that what things are possible. And I believe in miracles. I believe it takes some hard work sometimes to get to those miracles, but I believe it's possible. How do you think people tap into that resilience if they, if they don't know how, or don't feel like they've done it before? Like, how do they, how do they start? Well, I think the quickest and easiest way is um, to start, being resilient, it starts in your mind. And I think everything starts with your mindset. Look, I tried every kind of treatment out there to feel better. I mean, I was a, a easy target for any charlatan or snake oil salesman out there that was like, Hey, we can get you out of pain uh, or let, let's do, let, let us help you. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. We had $2.9 million worth of medical expenses. Um, and I was trying everything from, you know, I had a spinal stimulator where they implant these metal leads into your spine and they implant a box and basically on underneath your butt cheek. And you have a machine that sends electric signals up through your spine. I had spinal blocks. I had ketamine infusions. I'd never done a drug in my life. Now all of a sudden I'm being infused with ketamine. Eastern Western medicine. I had tried. What's, what's ketamine? I, I don't even know. Ketamine not, is a horse. So this is out of my field. Okay. Yeah. Uh, on the street, it's called special K, but I was going, I didn't know what it was either. Um, I know what it is now because we're an equine family. My daughter's an equestrian. So you hear the word ketamine sometimes in the equine world, but it's a hardcore drug and it makes you hallucinate. And it was used to reboot my nervous system. And it was $2,000 every time I would go in to have those procedures done and nothing was working. Nothing was working. And I was still in pain. I was spiraling down into this depression. And I realized one thing that had the biggest impact was resilience and how I started to be more resilient is to slowly shift my mindset with gratitude. And that started really in the hospital when I was laying in the hospital bed and I was staring down at my leg 
looking at these steel bars that were holding it together. I didn't sleep because the nurses would come in and change the bandages every three hours. And I thought, wow, I got a choice here. I can continue to go down that road of despair and sit here and feel sorry for myself. Or I can choose to be grateful for the every little thing I have in my life. Like I'm alive, big things like, okay, I'm breathing, I'm alive. But then I started to notice how I felt when I was writing thank you notes to friends who had brought me gifts, flowers, food in the hospital. And gratitude is alchemy. It, it really shifts your perspective. It makes you realize what you do have instead of what you don't have. And it makes you realize what you can do instead of what you can't do. And one of the other quickest ways to get out of self-pity and start to feel better and um, is to be of service. And people say, well, how can I be, how can you be of service when you were stuck in a hospital bed? And Sometimes being of service just means making a phone call and checking in on your friends, seeing how you can help, seeing how they're doing. And the minute you start to put your focus on someone else, it takes your focus on all your troubles. And so for me, being of service really gets me out of myself, out of self-pity. And so if you're struggling also just knowing that you're not alone for so long, I felt so alone. I felt like no one understands the pain that I am going through right now. No one is going to get this. And, and I felt similar when I was going through a divorce and I was a single mom, I felt similar when, you know, I was losing my business because I couldn't keep my clients and couldn't train people. Um, but look, there are other people that have lost their business. There are so many people that have gone through divorces. There's so many people that are single moms. And when you start to reach out and really be vulnerable, and, and to me, that was hard. I thought vulnerability made me appear weak or less than. And I was taught my whole life growing up in Texas to suck it up and be tough and, you know, hide your crazy and be a lady. And I, I realized that I needed to reach out and talk to people and share my story. And when I did, that led me to a community of people and who all have something in common. And so um, I think that community is powerful, that we don't, you know, we can do things alone. You can absolutely do things by yourself, but together we're unstoppable. And so I think that the most important thing, if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're struggling, reach out to someone. You're never alone. Reach out to someone. And it could be a friend. It could be somebody on social media. Um, I grew a large community of people. The, the nerve disease I have is called complex regional pain syndrome. And I started using that hashtag. And let me tell you, I've connected with an amazing community of people who also have the same nerve disorder. And I've started a support group and through that support group, it's amazing what you can do. We had a lady who had a GoFundMe in our support group and she had a medical procedure and she had five days to raise funds in five days. We talked about it on, in the support group, people tweeted it out, people shared it on social media. Within those five days, we, re, we raised $19,000. And so with wow. community, it's amazing what you can do. 
Hey, hold that thought. Do you wanna get 100 tips for free from my best-selling real estate book, The Hyper Local, Hyper Fast Real Estate Agent? If you do, go to hyperfasttips.com and you can download 100 of my best tips today. Again, that's hyperfasttips.com. You can download 100 tips on how to grow your business, get more clients, deliver more value to more people. Go to hyperfasttips.com. Would you say your life kind of reached a turning point when you, you realized other people are going through this and I can provide value to them or I can, you know, there's a way I can use what I'm going through to, to help, you know, people in similar situations. Well, you know what? I really thought uh, after my accident, my goal was to get back to training clients. And I, that's all I was like, you know, trying to, I kept trying to go back and kind of fix the broken. And sometimes we don't need to go back. Resilience isn't about going back. It's about bouncing forward and reinventing yourself and get coming back stronger and better. And so I kept trying to go back to being a trainer and I was literally killing myself trying to stand on my feet and train clients. And it was one day I was at the gym and my husband worked out where I trained and he comes over to me and he's like, Amberly, get off your leg. And I'm like, why, what's going on? He goes, you're bleeding out across the gym floor. And I had stitches. I had recovered, you know, was recovering from a surgery and my stitches came open. I was bleeding across the gym floor. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I am not serving myself in the best way, probably not serving my clients in the best way. I've got to do things differently. And so um, I went back to school to get certified as a, a life coach, which kind of went hand in hand with personal training, because I really love people. I love connecting with people, whether that is through, you know, interviews like this or my podcast or conferences that I'm speaking at. Thank goodness we're going back to in-person events because I love seeing that light come on in people when I'm with them and they hear something that might resonate with them. Um, but it wasn't until, you know, I was at the gym and people would come up to me and be like, gosh, you know, I did not take, I didn't feel like taking that spin class, but I thought about you in here on your crutches working out, or when I saw you in your wheelchair working out and she goes, and, and so you inspired me to come do that spin. I have no excuses. I'd come in here and do this because of you. Then I'd have one person say, you know what, could you call my aunt? She can't get out of bed and, and she really needs some encouragement and some inspiration. And I was like, sure. And, and so I was doing it on this one-on-one -on -one basis. And then I had a friend say, Hey, could you talk to my networking group? We meet every Wednesday. And I remember going, okay, sure. You know, will you share your story and how you got through it? And I was like, sure. I had no idea that people would want to hear my story or want to know how I got through it. And I certainly had no idea that you could get paid to be a speaker. That was like, what? You can get paid to speak? And so little by little, I started getting asked every time I would do, you know, a talk or an event, I would get asked to do another event or appear somewhere else. And so I, I it just fills my heart when, you know, I have somebody reach out to me and say, thank you. You're the first person I've met that has this nerve disease that isn't giving up, that they're, they're still working, that they want to go out there and, and 
have a life of joy, that they can still find joy in the journey, even though they live with this nerve disease dubbed the suicide disease. And so, yeah, it's just been, you know, whether it's one-on-one or with groups, it's really my, my mission to reach out to people. So, and show them that you can find joy in the journey, even though things don't go as planned. And now it's, it's, moved well beyond, you know, just people with this particular uh, disease, right? Like you're connecting and inspiring people, you know, going through all sorts of issues or stages in their life, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So because now what's crazy is I love, I, I don't know if um, you've ever been a part of any masterminds, but I'm a big believer in masterminds. And when I joined up with a mastermind, it, it really changed my life and moved the needle on my business just because of the connections alone. And so I speak at a lot of masterminds. And um, one of the things that I've been asked to speak on is book writing and um, social media growth, which let me tell you, I never in a million years would have thought that I would be speaking on those things. But it's because, you know, when I decided to write my book, I didn't even own a computer. I just bought my computer four years ago, four years ago to write the book. Yeah. I was like, I want to write a book because I want to be able to impact more people. And I'm hoping that, you know, if I can just touch one person's life and inspire them to not give up, then it will give my pain purpose. And my husband and several friends were like, you're that fitness girl. You're really going to write a book. Like you don't even have a college education. Are you kidding me? And I was like, that inspired me. That motivated me even more. I was like, Oh, really watch me. I think when you have people that, you know, don't necessarily believe that you can do something or you're the underdog or you've got some naysayers, man, that just motivates me even more to prove it to myself that I will do it. And so I hand wrote most of my book and then I bought a computer, typed it all up, had a publisher that said, yes, they want it, but they said, you know, we don't market your book and we don't brand it. So if you want to sell your book, you're going to have to do that yourself. And so I really had to figure things out. And so I devoted hours every single day to figure out how to work Instagram, how to work Facebook, how to post, how to brand myself. When it came time to publish my book, I had spent a year from the time I wrote my book from the publishing date, you have a year. And so for a year, I was, you know, just giving to my audience, sharing my story, seeing how much I could provide. And in that year, I grew to 10,000 followers on Instagram, which is nothing now. Now you need like, I don't know, a million to, for people to look your way. But um, through that process, I really learned how the importance of social media, because once my book came out and I went on my book tour, because I had made meaningful connections through social media, I was able to sell out at every single book signing across the country. And the only reason I share that is because you know, it just shows you the power in making those connections. I didn't know people in North Carolina or Kentucky or, you know, a lot of other places that I was, but it was just the connections I made along the journey. So now I talk to entrepreneurs about um, their social media, how to build it. 
um, how to do, how to start a book, how to write a book and share all the mistakes that I made along. What do you think were the keys um, or, or, or are the keys now for people looking to build social media presence? I think it's, you know, I had somebody reach out to me yesterday and they're like, do you use a growth, like a, some growth, you know, app or anything for your Instagram? And I was like, nope, I don't. It's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. It's me actually going on there. You might have some people that are like, don't waste your time on social media. But if you really want to have make connections, I think it's really important. The thing that um, helped the most when I was growing my social media was I spent, I figured out, you know, I, I carved out time in my day and I kept it consistent. And every day at that time I posted and I not only commented on, you know, back to people when they commented on my post, but then I went to their post and I commented on their post, not just a bunch of emojis, but I actually spent the time reading their post and leaving a thoughtful comment. And that does take time at first, but you start to build your brand and, um, a rapport and you build trust with your followers. And I call them my family because I've had people show up in others. Let me tell you, I had more people show up in, in Florida and in North Carolina where I didn't necessarily know as many people than I did in Texas, my hometown. I thought in Texas, my hometown, I would have like people lined up and I had more friends through social media in other parts of the country that showed showed up. And that's because I really spent the time getting to know my audience. So I commented back on their posts. So I think it's really important. And through DMs, you know, I can't believe how many times someone has sent me a DM and I send them a voice memo back and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe you responded. And I'm like, yeah, it's me. I run my social media. And I've had people say, you, you run your social media. And yeah, maybe I'm not growing as fast as I could now because I don't have a huge team. Yes, I do have a graphic designer. I have an assistant. I have a podcast producer, but well, you're getting on there and, and, and but it's me commenting, answering mm -hmm. questions, you know, mm -hmm making the videos, obviously. Yeah. And I think that makes a difference because people know, I, look, there was a time when I did hire somebody to run my social media. And that lasted about a week because I had people saying, this does not sound like this response that you would normally send back. <laughs> and I wasn't getting as much engagement. I think people want to get to know you they're gonna buy from you not because you have a pretty fancy you know logo or some perfect um video that's put up they don't i i think that people don't they people are looking for real and it's crazy because I have spent money to have somebody make this beautiful, perfect video of some event like my TEDx talk. You know, they spent time doing this video. My most engaged videos are the ones where I have no makeup on. I'm standing there. People can see my leg that's deformed and scarred. And they're like, people oh. can relate. And it feels authentic. Like, yeah. You know, people. So 
I don't necessarily care about making it all perfect. And I just want to be real. And I think that sometimes maybe I'm too real. Like, you know, I remember one day I was recording a podcast in my closet because we had some workers and it was really loud. And so um, I did a story on Instagram about, well, you know, sometimes things don't go as planned. And so today I'm recording my podcast from my closet and you could see, you know, my <laughs> storage and my coats and stuff hanging up. And my husband was like, I can't believe you just shared that on your story. And I was like, why? I'm, I keep it real. Like we all have those times where we're going to record a video or whether it's a podcast or a, a reels or an IGTV and we've got workers or the trash truck drives by or, or whatever happens. And we've all been through that. And when you can connect with people and go, oh, that's so me, I've been there. That's when you make that genuine connection with people. I, I think that's, you know, just people, people crave that. They're missing connection. They're missing authenticity. A lot of things are just overproduced. So, you know, anytime you get on and, and you just make these quick videos, stories or, or lives or answer questions, it, it just feels real. And then I think people remember that and, and then they, they want to connect with you and, and follow and, and stay in touch. And I, I think that kind of or growth, that authentic organic growth is, is way more valuable than the the, the just kind of paid for done for you oh gosh you know what I will not pay for followers and I don't I don't have some huge Instagram following well you know gosh everything in perspective right you know four years ago when I started my Instagram and I had like 300 followers maybe <laughs> and it was like my friends and family and um, it wasn't a business for me yet. I was mostly doing it to stalk my oldest daughter and see what she was up to. Um, but then when I started getting booked for big events, I remember I got booked for this huge Lorna Jane event and it was an inspired women series. And they, they sent me an email saying your media is up or our media is live. And so it was me and five other women. It was Daniel Laporte and these big, huge fitness icons who all had like, hundreds of thousands, even millions of followers, all branded, beautiful websites. And then there was me. And I was like, holy crap, if I'm going to be serious about this, I got to get to, I really have to be consistent and do this every day and really get intentional about what I post, who my audience is, um, what my message is and, and really do it every day. And so um, that really inspired me to get serious about it. And, you know, I think that's, I think your, your hard work puts you where your blessings can find you. And so it can be hard every day posting and stuff like that. But, you know, back then I would have died to have a hundred and something thousand followers, but now, you know, I get messages every single day on Instagram. Do you want to buy followers? Do you want to buy followers? And I'm like, no, because then you don't know who your real audience is. So when you go to launch that course or the new book or whatever your coaching program, you have no idea who your audience really is. So I would rather have a smaller audience, but know who my audience is and have them be a real audience than a bot fake audience. Hey, hold that thought for a minute. Are you a real estate agent in the DMV area or thinking about becoming a real estate agent in the DMV area? 
why not join the highest selling team in the DMV? The Carrie Scholl team is hiring more agents. We have the best training systems, the best culture, and the best environment to get you to the next level, whether that's starting out and getting to six figures or getting from six figures to 250 or to half a million or even beyond. Go to carryshawcareers.com. Again, that's carryshawcareers.com. Speaking of smaller audiences, you mentioned an event where uh, you'll be at soon in Florida where you'll get to connect with people in a smaller, more intimate setting, a, a mastermind setting, which I think is really important. It, you know, you get inspired from the people you meet, you get, you learn what is working in other industries. And, and, and mm -hmm. then I think there's like the accountability, like, you know, if you commit to an action with other successful people, you're more likely to, to do it. Uh, so what's, what's the event uh, that you're doing in, in Florida, you know, all about? Oh, well, this is a really, I'm like excited about this. First of all, to be able to do an event in person again in LA, we've been so locked down. Um, you know, we finally have restaurants open again, gyms finally opened again, but it's been, you know, pretty locked down here. So to get to be around other people, I'm so excited for this is a mastermind and it's called, um, Align Resilience Mastermind. Um, it's booked out, it's sold out already, um, but it's at a mansion on the beach in Florida. So I'm excited about that. But I have another mastermind coming up. It's called Your Unstoppable Life Mastermind. And you can find that if you just go to my Instagram at Amberly Lago Motivation, there's a link for it. And that starts in June. And you're right, you know, being a part of a mastermind is surrounding yourself with people who hold you accountable, but it's not just that it's, it's really surrounding yourself with people to get counsel instead of opinion, because you can get opinions from people all day long. Like when I was writing my book, I was, you know, asking friends, yeah, I think I want to write a book. And I had people go, Oh, you don't even own a computer. You'll never do that. Or how are you going to do that? You're the fitness girl. Like there were a lot of opinions and, and, you know, I share some pretty deep stuff. I mean, I talk about sexual abuse. I talk about divorce. I talk about some pretty intense hardships growing up. And so there, you know, some, it was, there was a lot of shame, not for me, because I've done a lot of work around that, but some other people had a little bit of their opinion on what should be said about that versus when you go to people who've already written books, um, they can say, yeah, you want to write a book? This is what you do. You need this, this, and this. And so when you're in a mastermind, you get to be around people who have already paved the way to success. So if you want to start a podcast, you wouldn't go to someone who's never started, done a podcast. You would go to someone who had millions of downloads. They can tell you the platform, the microphone, how to promote it, what to do. And so that's the value of the mastermind. And the most valuable, it's just the connections that you make. That's where the magic happens. It's where these people get to meet other people and get to be on other podcasts, um, you know. And so it's been some of the biggest connections I've made have been through masterminds. And I, I think the important thing there is, you know, a lot of your like friends and family, they necessarily don't do this in, intentionally, but but they're they're not super supportive of people that, that have bigger goals sometimes. So I think it's so true. You know, isn't masterminds it? help you 
find that environment and then you're, you're more likely to succeed when you surround yourself with those types of people. So I think no matter what industry you're in, it's, it's important to, to go to these kind of things when you can, you know, it, it always to me seems like the most successful people who need it the least are the ones who do it the most. So. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was, for me, it was like a, I invested in a mastermind um, with my friend, Greg Reed, and I had been saying, I want to do another mastermind that I could invest in myself. Cause I think no matter how successful you are, you need coaches and mentors. And it's always good to invest in yourself in a mastermind um, with people that you trust, you know, they they really have to resonate with you. Um, but I, it was, it was so impactful and life-changing to do that, but it was kind of scary to, to do that. But I've, it has paid off every bit that I invested in that I've made back because of connections I've made. But you, what, what you just said about sometimes family and, and friends, they can't be supportive, maybe in the way that you would like them to, they can in their own way, but it's the masterminds where you get that support. And I remember I was launching this course and I told my husband, yeah, I'm launching it. It's 1299. And he goes, $12.99. Well, yeah, people might pay that. And I'm like, no, honey, $1,299. He was like, what? Oh my gosh, that's so much. And I'm like, but no, you, it was a three month course of, you know, it was like, and I went in the mastermind and they're like, you're not charged enough. You've got to do this and this. So it was like, you really have to surround yourself with people who understand what you're doing, you know, that have some perspective on the area that, that you're working in. It's so important. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and this has been very inspirational to just hear your story and the things that you've done. Before we wrap up, I always end with some rapid fire questions. If you're ready for the hyper fast round. Yeah, let's do it. That's always fun. All right. What's your biggest piece of advice to a new entrepreneur or salesperson, business person, you know, just starting out? Hire a mentor or a coach or get in a mastermind, like get some advice because you're going to, it's going to, you're going to make mistakes we all do and we learn from our mistakes, but if you want to get to point A to point B faster, I think it's so important to hire somebody who has experience in what you're doing. And I've done that my whole life. When I was started teaching dance at age 13, I had a mentor when I started my fitness training business, I had a mentor. And when I started writing books, I you know, hired an editor and went and took a writing class. When I started speaking, I went to someone who taught people how to do presentations. So I think that would be my biggest advice is reach out, make sure you hire somebody that can coach you or mentor you through the process. What would you tell an experienced business person? Do the same thing. <laughs> I would, I would be like, you really need to, an experienced person also, um, uh, I think to be humble, remember where you came from uh, and, and be kind. Uh, I see so often, you know, people get a little big for their britches and they lose that um, sometimes that, that kindness and that, that just being humble. And so I think it's so refreshing. You know, I just, 
I just entered uh, Bedro. Do you know who Bedros Koulian is? Yeah. Yep. I love that man. I freaking love that man. I worked with him a couple of years ago at an event. Then I then I went, I spoke with him at another event. And so that's how our relationship started. And over the past couple of years, we've just built on that relationship. And I just interviewed him for my podcast. He is one of the most successful men out there in the thought leadership and the, and, and I mean, his book is a bestseller. He's got 600. Well, now he's lost a few since COVID, but the fit body boot camps. his, he invited me to come record him at his facility, his studio. They had a welcome Amberly. He was so kind. He's interviewing for my show. He gave me a gift. He was so down to earth and so kind and so humble despite his luminous accomplishments. That is success to me when you can be that successful and still be so kind. Yeah. No, and I, humble. I, I, um, I think that's amazing when, when you find leaders like that. So um, that, yeah, that'd be another thing I would just add to successful people, like stay, stay humble and, um, and, and, come from a you know servant attitude how can you help how can you create value uh next question what is the biggest business challenge you have faced uh during covid during the lockdowns and what have you done to you know overcome that or, or mitigate it um well right away when covid happened i that same week shifted everything to um, virtual. So clients that I still, I still see a handful of clients in person. We are still actually, I'm, that's why I'm dressed like this. I just got off of a Zoom with a client. So I still see people virtually, but all of my speaking events were canceled. Some went virtual. So everything went virtual. So my office building shut down. Um, I rent space out of a big complex and it just shut down. And so after a month, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to bring my office. And I turned my daughter's room, old room, she's in school. So um, I turned her room into my office. So it was like, okay, I've not, I'm, you know, technology has been a struggle for me and it's been a learning process. Like I said, I only had a computer, I only started with technology on this level. I was always on the dance floor or the gym floor, one-on-one -on -one working with people. And so this was all new. So this was like a super boost of, we're going to get you learning faster. So I bought a new computer. I've got new lighting. I shifted everything to virtual. And my biggest challenge was I missed, I was living out of a suitcase a lot because I was traveling, doing different conferences, speaking at self-development conferences and women empowerment conferences. And that all my travel stopped. And the biggest challenge for me, I think, was not being able to meet with people in person because I love people and I love seeing them in person. And it, it the biggest challenge for me was staring in a in a lens and speaking at an event when it looks like I'm looking at myself <laughs> that was the biggest challenge that was not fun I was like I feel like I'm talking to myself I like people I don't like looking at myself on on zoom and so um 
I, that that's been my biggest challenge is just shifting everything virtually. Um, and then also shifting my courses all, all virtually. It's such a learning curve of how to get, you know, do you use Kajabi or I'm going to use Lightspeed or am I going to go just do masterminds? So it's all, I think we're all learning. Um, and I think that it has really showed us what we're good at and what we need help with. And I always say, hire your weaknesses and focus on your strengths. Yeah, I think, I think that's a, a great piece of advice. If you can double down on what you're good at or what you enjoy, everything else, try to get off your plate. Um, yeah. Last question here for the Hyperfast round. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? 10 years from now, I, um, I will be enjoying time with my husband, still doing traveling events, but even doing some events on my own. And I will maybe be working on my third book. All right, and pain-free, well. healthy and pain-free. You know, I, I, I say that because I think, you know, I used, I used to wake up, I caught myself. I think we, we, develop these soundtracks in our heads of things that we say to, to ourselves. And I noticed I would wake up saying, Oh, I'm so sick and tired of being sick and tired because living with pain is tiring. And I would, I shifted that. And I was like, you know what? I wake up. And the first thing I say is I'm healthy. I'm strong. I'm able, I'm capable. I got this. Like I just repeat things to myself. So I always add that in. So yeah, I'll be healthy. Maybe I'll be living on the, on the beach out there in Florida near you. Maybe that would, uh, you know, a lot of people are, a lot of people Moving are coming out. You, you would, uh, you know, better get it soon. Uh, before we sign off here, uh, you know, you've, and this has been great. You've provided so, so much inspiration and value to, to anyone who's listening. If they want to connect with you and learn more about other things you, you're, you know, doing, I know you've mentioned some of your events, some of your courses, social media, all that. What, what are the best ways for people to connect and learn more about, uh, you know, how to, how to see what you're doing, that kind of stuff? Okay. Well, you know what? I'd love to give your listeners a free gift because I have a five-part process that really allows you to take the tools that I teach and apply them into your life. It's called the pacer method. And so I came up, I have a unleash your superpower of resilience playbook. And if you reach out to me on Instagram at Amberly Lago motivation and just DM me the word hyperfast, and I will send you that it's a free downloadable um, playbook. I feel like we all could use more time for play and I want you to have fun with this, but yeah, you can find more at amberlylago.com um, or text me at 818-214-7378. I love, like I said, I love people. I love collecting friends. So reach out and let's connect. All right. We will put uh, the, some of those links and everything you mentioned in the, the, the show notes or the description on YouTube. So make sure you check Check it out. Connect with Amberly. Thank you so much for being on the show today. For everyone listening, tuning in on YouTube and watching, thank you so much. Please leave us feedback. We love comments. Uh, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out. And 
share this podcast or this YouTube video with, with more people that you think can benefit from it. Thank you again, uh, Amberly, and everyone else out there. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests, improve our shows, and give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.